I'm Molly Wood, author of CNN's Buzz Report. And I'm John Merritt, author of The Real Deal for CNN. Welcome to CNET's Buzz Out Loud, the podcast of indeterminate length. And today it might be a little bit baby short because um, I have to go to the dentist. Uh, baby short because of the baby teeth. <laughs> little known Molly trivia. I have two baby teeth. Yep. They never Real, fell out. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, they are small. They're really small. All right, but what is not small <laughs> as a transition is Forbes attack on the blogs. <laughs> Daniel Lyons from Forbes yesterday wrote a column called Attack of the Blogs. Yes. Which is crazy. <laughs> he just goes off on them, yeah. uh, basically saying that weblogs, w- while being this prized platform, are spouting liberty or are spouting spewing, excuse me, spewing lies, libel, and invective. Yes. And Google and Yahoo are empowering them to do so. They're potent allies. And Molly agrees with every word in his article. <laughs> Come on, that's ridiculous. Uh, hey, the bloggers are really mad about it, though. I think this article is very interesting. I do not agree with every word. Um, I think. I agree with Tom that that Daniel should have been a lot more measured in his article to make it, um, you know, a little more palatable. Like, it, unfortunately, he spewed almost the same kind of invective. And so no one's going to take this for what it is, which is a somewhat cautionary tale of the fact that because blogging is so easy, there is a small percentage and maybe a growing percentage. I don't know. I'd like, I'm, I plan to do a little technology research and find out kind of what are what is the most read section of blogs that is essentially without oversight and has an extreme mob mentality, not unlike the traditional media, that can in fact be really destructive and that people are afraid of. I mean, I think what I find kind of cool about this article is that he's essentially, well, I saw Good Luck, Good Night and Good Luck recently. So he's essentially kind of putting forth this idea that blogs can become when this mob mentality is in full effect, almost the new McCarthyism. And it's almost impossible for people to fight because they're so afraid of the backlash in the blogosphere that they might get if they attack the blogosphere that they just kind of, they either keep quiet or are like ruined. My, my biggest problem with the column is not so much his point as the fact that he seems to equate all blogs with the kind of blogs he is targeting. Because I think he, I think you're right, and I think he's right that there are blogs out there that are scurrilous and they are unsupervised and they don't check facts. And in some time, in some cases, they avowedly tell lies mm-hmm. to further their own agenda. And those lies just get picked up and become part of the echo chamber. I think is what what is right about this article. But what's well, the thing about it is. This is just this is free speech, right? Yeah. This is this is what we have to deal with free speech. We've never had to deal with it like this right. before. We've and always had a mob mentality. People ha- people are responsible for their reading. And that's the other thing. Is like don't necessarily blame all the blogs. If people read it and and make it popular, that's a problem too. Well, yes. I mean, I think that's that. Don't the, believe everything you read. Right. Don't believe everything you read. Obviously, the personal responsibility argument is huge. But the problem is that what you have are the same people reading the stuff going on to propagate it. And so if they choose to believe everything they read, they now have a more powerful medium than they've ever had to spread it. But if nobody to reads, pass it on, if nobody reads their blog, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. So. But, Say they go and they read the blog, for example, and the blog has big, long, invective, 50 million accusations and uh, four lies that are either deliberate or not deliberate. And then the person who reads that blog gets all outraged and shocked by the post and they never click through to read the original article because we are also lazy blog readers. And that is probably the biggest thing that contributes to the echo chamber. They pick up what the blog said about the thing and then they pass it on. Well, and that's that's the key problem is 
and don't believe everything you read. Don't just pass stuff on without knowing what it's about. Right. Now, my other problem is I don't think this problem is quite as huge as he makes it sound. Like I said, he sort of, I mean, he does acknowledge that mm -hmm. these kind of blogs are a small percentage. And he does say, you know, have a whole paragraph, as Molly pointed out to me, talking about what kind of blogs there are out there. But he also uses blogs in exchange for the kind of blogs he's talking about. In exchange for attack blogs. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think there is definitely sloppy writing at work here. And this is obviously a guy with an agenda, like a guy who's pretty mad about this happening mm -hmm. in the blogosphere. And unfortunately now, <laughs> it is most certainly going to happen to him. Well, and you know what? You brought up a good point, which is yeah, blogs have been a little sacrosanct. They have. And they're it, the new it Apple. They're the new Linux. It is unfortunate that it takes somebody screaming and yelling this much to get the, the topic to be to be t discussed. It is. I've got Technorati's top most popular blogs here. Boing Boing is number one. Okay. Responsible Post, blog. Post Secret is number two. Uh, Community Art Project. Mm -hmm. Engadget is number three. Mm -hmm. uh, Daily Cause, State of the Nation, number four. Gizmodo, number five. And then... Okay. It goes on after that. Yeah, so so, so obviously Technorati bears out the fact that the bulk of the blog reading is not occurring on the sites that Daniel Lyons exposes. Here. I think the thing with the blogs... Which is great. It happens a lot in the political blogs. Mm -hmm. And in the political atmosphere, the political atmosphere is even smaller than the blogosphere. Right. And you can bring somebody down just by getting the name bad in a small group of people right. when you're talking about politics. So that makes them a little potentially a little more lethal in the realm of politics just because of the way politics works. Well, and I and I think this article, because it's a business magazine, is saying that it can be equally lethal in the business atmosphere because you can literally affect somebody's stock price if you get enough attention and enough buzz happening in the small circle that other investors might be reading, you know. And and what our what the traditional media has a tendency to do now is report what the blogs are reporting. And, well, that's and frankly, really dangerous. it is very, it, I think frequently, they don't even click through because to the original source the material. And, and this is my point about blogs. They're just another way of publishing on the web. They're mm -hmm. no different than anything else. And they should be held to the same standards of everything else. So right. Slashdot, I trust. Mm -hmm. I trust that 98% of the things up there are probably accurate. But I still click through and look at the articles. Right. I still well, double check. Just I like I would with the Washington Post or the New York Times. Yes. If it's a blog I've never heard of, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, and yep. I'm going to look for a couple places to to uh, back up their statements. Responsible readership, of course, is the key. But well, responsible, especially amongst the media. Yes. You know what I mean? Especially amongst the media, definitely. But responsible readership among the general public has never happened. Well, yeah. You and know, it, that and, is why the media is in the state that it is, or, or that people say it's there in. Are all There are print publications who do exactly the same kind of thing that these bloggers do. Right. They are fringe, radical publications on the right, on the left, right. and in the weird it's just not parts as, of Idaho. It's just not as easy to start them. And it's not as easy to be absolutely anonymous well, when you start them. It's not, it's not that hard to start them, but it is harder to get them popular. Yeah, it's harder to get them noticed. So there is a barrier for, for the amount of effect they can have. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that, that he starts to stray into, which a lot of people is like, if you put something on the web, suddenly everyone in the world is reading it. And that ain't true. Yeah. Look at my blog. Well, <laughs> uh, I haven't looked at it. <laughs> exactly. No <laughs> one else has either. Right. And I think he makes a dangerous argument that Google and Yahoo need to be responsible for the content that's posted on the blogs that they host, because that is a slippery slope. He totally misunderstands that, that issue when he talks about the ISPs should have to be responsible or the blog hosting company should have to be responsible for what's said on the blogs. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I don't think he misses the point. He's making the point that he that that well, he's quoting people who believe that they should be responsible yep. because they may be indeed be hosting slander. They may be hosting libel. He would actually be libel. He equates the possibility not. of slander with terrorism. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he says that, hey, if somebody was doing terrorist acts, they'd have to hand over their name and address. It's like, well, it's, okay. But we could go all day on this. <laughs> yes, we could. What I think will be noteworthy is uh, watch the blog response. Oh, yeah. Boing Boing already, as any at Boing Boing, has already uh, put this up yeah. with a, a scathing response. And so yeah, I mean, well, and, and yes, they're up in arms because, yes, this is an over-the-top article, but... Unfortunately, and that is the problem with over-the-top articles like this. The response will never be measured. You'll never have the blogosphere saying, or the majority of the blogosphere saying, you know what, this problem does exist in our community. The biggest thing that she objected to, too, was the sidebar, where it tells you what to do to ruin a blogger's life if you feel that they have... <laughs> if you feel that they've they ruined your lives. ruined yours. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a horror story, for sure, just in time for Halloween. Speaking of horror stories, <laughs> let's talk about the DMCA. Okay. Uh, just, this is actually just a note. The United Scary. States Copyright Office begins its required review <laughs> of the effects of the anti-circumvention portions of the DMCA. The anti-circumvention is the part that really sticks in people's craw. It says... It's not only illegal to copy stuff and distribute it, it's illegal to even try to right. circumvent the copy protection. <laughs> right. So they're reviewing that. The review period lasts until December 1st, and they will accept your well-thought-out opinions on the web. Well-thought-out is the key here. And I'm quoting that from Slashdot, but I fully agree with Don't it. Don't do that thing that people tend to do where they shoot off an email that's like, this is dumb, I hate it. Yeah, that's not going to help. But and yeah, I hate you, Bob. This is, this is your chance to actually speak out and possibly make a difference with the copyright office. So yeah, take that chance, please. Do it. Even if you agree with the DMCA. Yeah. Take that chance Tell to defend why. it. Tell us why. As an average Joe, you think it's a good thing. Exactly. Or not. Either way. In Google News. <laughs> I know. You know what? People, people complain that we cover Google and Apple and Microsoft too much, but the pro they are big, important companies. It's hard not to talk about it. It's interesting stuff. Well, and the technology that they're that they're creating is is changing the way we use the web. I and mean, it would be, and the way we use hardware and software. The and all your base are belong to Google story continues. Yes. Uh, this in the register says Google targets Craigslist and eBay with Google base. For destruction. For destruction. Well, that's the register. You guys, <laughs> I reinterpret their headlines sometimes. Uh-huh, which but, I think is wise. But they they are taking the register is taking the approach that this is indeed a classified ad slash auction kind of thing, which does seem to be the prevailing attitude. Yeah. I think that is the prevailing interpretation. The whole thing about it possibly being in a, a, a content uploading thing mm -hmm. is from Google saying, this is a place for our advertisers to upload their content. Right. And that, so that to me leads to, and so it can be an eBay or a Craigslist type of thing. Well, and, and what the Register article says, which I think is kind of dishy, is that they think Craigslist is is vulnerable to this sort of attack. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I don't know, but I will say that Craigslist is something that became huge and powerful really fast and has had a demonstrable impact on newspapers and their classified advertising nationwide. Yeah. And so you would have to be a fool not to see the potential of a similar classified sort of service. Especially if you're somebody like Google with the kind of user base that they have. It'd be interesting to watch. It, it, Google's, or I'm sorry, Craigslist is a little bit like a cockroach. They can survive a lot. Oh, yeah. They're, I think Craigslist, strong, so. I, I'm not sure they're weak, but I do think that they are a model to emulate. 
Meanwhile, in some kind of Mexican standoff, while Google is targeting Craigslist and eBay, Microsoft is taking aim at Google. Dun, dun, dun. According to Slashdot. People are underestimating what Microsoft is doing with search technology, says Bill Gates. <laughs> Please look at us. Please look at I us. Know. This is one of those things where like Google's taking aim at Craigslist and Microsoft is taking aim at Google and Google didn't notice. Bill Gates <laughs> told the BBC that its ambition is to be bigger than Google. Oh, which implies that already Bill. they think that Google is bigger than they are. I know. Why would you say that, Bill? In search. In search. Uh-huh. Has- I totally saw Bill Gates on MTV yesterday. Really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Is this akin to Bill Clinton playing the sax on I think so. Uh, Saturday? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. I'm just one Get of the people. With it. Bill has a little uh, inferiority Gideon Diego complex. was interviewing him. He's like the hip new interviewer guy on MTV. Not new. He's been uh-huh. on for years. But there was like an open audience and they that's were asking Ver- him all questions. That's Veronica talking, by the way. Yeah. I get in trouble for not identifying you. Oh, hi, I'm Veronica. Um, <laughs> but it was really funny. I could only watch it for about five minutes and then I couldn't do it anymore. It was vaguely embarrassing. Yeah. Well, that's that's Bill. He makes you a little uncomfortable because he's... Vaguely embarrassing. All right. Uh, we should get on to the bits. But really smart. The bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, buy SBC. We just want to say bye. Bye. They're buying AT&T nice and then changing their name to AT&T. Nice knowing you. So at- AT&T is back and pretty much runs everything just like they did when I was 10. And San Francisco is furious due to the oh, ballpark. right. Because Pac Bell Park was renamed SBC Park and now it'll have to be renamed AT&T Park. Or yeah. Some and there was thing. a huge outcry because everybody loves saying Pac Bell Park because it really does just flow. I, it flows. That's what I say. I still call it that. Uh, the Speaker of the House has started a blog, and it's cute. Aww. You should read it. He's like, I'm not really a tech guy, but I, I mean, I think he's actually writing it because it's kind of kind of what you'd expect a guy his age to be writing in a blog. <laughs> it's just kind of weird. In other news, Mars is really close to us this weekend. Oh, it's a little too close. Check it my, out. Yeah. A little too close for comfort. I've reported it to HR. <laughs> Look for the red planet in the eastern sky this, <laughs> this weekend. It will be large. It will loom large. No, this is really cool. Get your telescopes out if you have one. And then uh, we have a good call from, from Trip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for this. Let's play Trip. Tamalika. I like that. Good job, boys from Boston. This is Trip. I was calling just to say that at first I was very disappointed that there was no, uh, no show today on uh, Thursday evening here for my ride home. But then I remembered I still have the interview podcast from yesterday fantastic work on giving me both of those yesterday because now i have something left over for my ride home thanks guys and i hope you had a nice day keep it up bye see what i like about this trip is that you're getting to know the boys from boston and we're just bringing everybody together it's all All about the village the buzz out loud peeps and uh we did have a little glitch with the the feed yesterday on the podcast but um it was fixed so you should have it now and uh, we know we mentioned the other day there was a report that the porn was shying away from the video iPod, but thank goodness Andrew's out there checking out keeping all the porn. an eye on it for us. Yeah, you know, I should have mentioned this yesterday, actually. There are two sort of smaller companies that are doing porn. There's Suicide Girls, and then there's somebody else. The gist of that story, though, is that the bulk of the industry is not rushing the video iPod. Now, Andrew said he hasn't seen any himself. Mm-hmm. Let's make that very clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Molly has a tone of skepticism, uh, but but not only did he leave us a voicemail, but then he also followed up with an email because <laughs> he's serious about porn. <laughs> There's now povpod.com. Warning: explicit content. Oh, and they provide videos that you download to your video iPod, and then he gives me the link. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Andrew. He's not allowed to click that at work. No. <laughs> um, in happy news, Peter John is safe. 
Oh, you yeah, may remember people... from an earlier podcast, he had emailed us saying, um, yeah, tech stuff, Sony PSP. But then the email said, I'm writing this really quick before the hurricane comes and knocks out the power. And I was like, dude, I hope you're okay. So after the ever intrepid Peter days, John, as soon as he got power back on the email, <laughs> talking about Microsoft. Peter John, we, we love and respect you for your His dedication to Buzz Out Loud. He was comparing Microsoft to a child who's now growing up. Ah. Maybe they're just getting a little maturity. Maybe. Or maybe they're just trying to keep their enemies close. Maybe. Bill Gates is a little bit immature, hence the slightly embarrassing behavior and the, the big inferiority complex. And then a uh, quick, sh- quick shout out to Sam, who's calling Steve Jobs Mad Dog. Sweet! Just like you do. <laughs> uh, and he said they covered two senses now, sound and eyesight. So what's next? Smell right. pod? Smell pod. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Smell pod. All right. If you want to add to this melee of commentary, join us. Join us. Buzz at CNET.com, B-U-Z-Z at CNET.com, or uh, give us a call, 1-800-616-CNET. Bye-bye.